Hey guys, welcome to episode number 37 of the Reps Podcast. C-Roy here, and today we are talking about training variables. Now, a lot of you might not know what that is. What is a training variable? Essentially, training variables are the things that we can manipulate within our training, um, the things that we can change to progress our training, to switch things up, just to break the monotony of it. Um, And today, I'm going to go over... A bunch of them, man, and uh, we're going to not only tell you about them, but I'm also going to show you how you can use them and how you can change them to switch up your training. Um, I, I think a lot of people get stuck in the rut of, you know, the only way that you can progress your training is to go heavier or, you know, just add more weight to the bar, add more weight to the bar, and and, and uh, progress their exercises like that. But, you know. You can't, right? You just you're not gonna get stronger from you know the first day you start training all the way up until you know 30 years later. You know, on some things you might be able to here and there, but you know you, you just can't always keep getting stronger. If that was the case, then you know there'd be multiple people deadlifting thousands of pounds or, or whatnot. You know, so there's more than just weight. So we're gonna cover these guys. Hopefully this doesn't go too long. Um, this is a quick, concise, actionable kind of podcast where you can take this information and go and start applying it today. So training variables, let's start covering them. So first off, we're going to go over the super common ones, right? The ones that everybody knows about, like I already mentioned, um, weight, you know, weight or, or, you know, total load is a training variable, the, the amount of weight on the bar, you know, you can add more weight. That is a way of progression you know so if i have three sets of 10 deadlift at 135 and then the following week i do three sets of 10 deadlift at 185 that is more weight that is more total load on the bar um so more kind of volume lifted essentially you could say um so weight or load is a training variable and obviously you can increase weight now reps is another training variable. So, you know, instead of doing three sets of 10 at 135, you know, instead of, or I just completely, I don't even know what I just said. (laughs) I kind of like lost my train of thought there in the middle. So I, I don't remember if I said 135 or 185. So if I did week one, three sets of 10 deadlift at 135, And then week two, instead of doing three sets of 10 at 185 and increasing the load, I could keep the load the same and keep it at 135, but do three sets of 15, right? So now, instead of 30 total reps at 135, I'm doing 45 total reps at 135. So that is another variable that can be switched up and increased, right? So reps. The last super common one is sets. Right. So instead of three sets of 10 reps, you could do four sets of 10 reps. Right. So now you're getting 40, uh, 40 total reps at the same weight. Right. But you're doing them still 10 at a time. You know, so each set is is similar to what you did the week before, but you're adding an extra set at the same load with the same amount of reps. Um, But at the end of the day, it's still progression because you're doing more total volume you know, with that given exercise. So those are the three super common ones, right? Um, Those are the ones that just about everybody uses, um, especially starting out and as you should, right? As you should. Those are the ones that, you know, 
start to, to, to really kind of, they're easy to track, they're easy to progress. And, and, you know, essentially, especially in the beginning, we're trying to get stronger, you want to get stronger, you know, and it's easy to keep progressing, just manipulating those variables, right. Um, But then once you get a little bit of experience under your belt, um, progress and gains start to slow a little bit and start to get a little bit tougher. Um, so now we're going to start breaking into maybe a little bit more uncommon variables. Um, first of which being tempo. So tempo is essentially the speed of a rep, right? So if I'm doing three sets of 10 bench press, just normal, you know, kind of like a steady cadence of, you know, one second, to lower the bar down to my chest and then one second to press the bar, you know, that's essentially you're looking at over 10 reps two two seconds per rep. You're looking at really 20 total seconds of that set right at, you know, say 135. <clears throat> but now if I manipulate the tempo and I add a two second lowering and a one second press. So now we're just adding a second onto the eccentric portion of the rep or the lowering portion when the bar is coming down to my chest. Now we have essentially turned every rep from two seconds to three seconds. And now the set itself is going to last 30 seconds as opposed to 20 seconds. So now those muscles are under tension and under load for 10 more seconds than they were in the previous instance, right? And then the following week, you could make it a three second lowering. So now you're getting four seconds per rep with a set lasting 40 seconds. So that's a way that you can manipulate, you know, the, the tempo, you can increase, you know, the time of time under tension the muscle goes through, you know, don't tell me that lifting, you're lifting the same weight for the same amount of reps, right? But if those reps are done in 20 seconds, as opposed to 40 seconds, obviously that set lasting 40 seconds is going to be harder, right? So you're, you're, you're lifting that weight over a longer duration, right? So those muscles are under more stress for longer, or they're under more stress because they're under stress longer. That is a way to progress. That is a way to make it harder because that is essentially all training is, right? Training is figuring out ways to make shit harder on our muscles so it has to adapt in order to get stronger or get bigger or get you know, more well-conditioned or whatever the adaptation that you're striving for is. You have to subject it to a stress that it must adapt to. So tempo is a good one. You know, tempo is one that I would manipulate more for, you know, if your goals are more hypertrophy focused or essentially, you know, muscle building, you know, if, if your motivations are more for building lean tissue, building more muscle, then, you know, tempo is a good one to use. Um, you know, I'm not huge on using tempo to try to get stronger. Um, you know, I think as far, as far as that goes, you know, if you're using the right amount of weight, then the tempo will kind of take care of itself at that point. Um, so tempo typically reserved, you know, 90% of the time I'm going to be manipulating tempo for, uh, muscle building purposes. Uh, Next, the next variable we're going to cover is rest, your rest periods. Um, So this is one that people don't typically think of um, is manipulating the rest and cutting the rest for trying to progress and make it harder. You can make your rest periods shorter. Um, Now, this is another one typically 
that I reserve for muscle building purposes or maybe even conditioning purposes, obviously. Sorry, I get a drink of water here. Um, you know, perfect example of this, one of the most brutal, brutal lifting schemes that I've used in programs, I call them crazy eights, man, eight sets of eight. You pick eight sets of eight and you you start anywhere from 60 to 65% of your one rep max. Um, now, you pick a lift. We know whatever the lift is. So for this example, we'll stick with bench press, right? So you have eight sets of eight bench press at 65% of your one rep max. You know, week one, you can start two minutes of rest. You get 120 seconds of rest between each set for eight sets. Now, the following week, next week, instead of adding more weight to the bar, instead of adding more sets, um, you go from 120 seconds rest to 90 seconds rest. Cut your rest by 30 seconds. Now, if you're looking at the grand scheme of those eight sets, eight sets of eight at 65%, you know, that total amount lifted, that total volume is going to be done in a much shorter amount of time. That's called training density. We've increased training density. We've gotten the same amount of work done in a shorter amount of time. That also is a way to progress. Um, and then week three, you go from 90 seconds rest to 75 seconds rest. Keeping the weight the exact same. Keeping the amount of sets the exact same. I'm telling you right now, it gets awful. <laughs> Especially like for squats. I, crazy 8 squats is is one of my least fit. I love training hard. I love training to get big and stuff. But crazy 8s is just, it's a battle, man. It is a grind. Um, and is a perfect example of how manipulating your rest periods is a way to just absolutely demolish yourself. <laughs> um, you know, and then the third week you cut that rest down to a minute. Um, and then typically I don't go any shorter than a minute. Um, so, because especially if you're using big compound exercises like a squat or, you know, a bench or something like that, you know, the fatigue can start to build up too much. Um, and you can start to kind of, your, your form and technique can start to break down and stuff like that. So um, never really go less than a minute. Um, but I'm telling you right now, it gets awful. So uh, rest, manipulating your rest to increase that training density. That's another way we can progress our training. Um, our next one, grips and attachments, right? So this one, you're starting to bring in kind of external um resources, I guess you could say, um, you know, something as simple as like using fat grips, you know, doing an exercise, you know, if you're looking at, you know, doing dumbbell rows and, you know, if I'm doing three sets of 10 with 80 pounds, you know, the following week I could do three sets of three sets of 10 with 80 pounds and add a fat grip to it. So now, you know, it's much harder to do that, right? It's the same amount of weight, same amount of reps and, and all that stuff being equal, but now with that fat grip on there, can make it a lot tougher um, or, you know, bent rows and using like a, a an axle bar, um, you know, and then as far as grips go, you know, doing things uh, with different variant grips or, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, obviously doing like a um, an overhand pull up and a neutral grip pull up 
you know, there's different things, different variations um, and things like that. So, or you can, you, you could also just consider those, you know, completely different exercises. Um, or if you kind of break your training down more in like a vertical pull, you know, horizontal push type of thing, you know, but nonetheless, doing things like that definitely is a way to increase the difficulty without necessarily having to go heavier, having to, you know, increase the load on your body. So, um, next, now we're going to start to get into <clears throat> more of the really kind of uncommon ones, right? And the ones that are, are not so commonly thought of or even seen a lot, but nonetheless are ways to kind of get you thinking in ways that you can start to switch things up. And honestly, in my opinion, will in the end kind of build a much more robust and, and well-rounded body. First of which being range of motion, manipulating the range of motion, um, <clears throat> working different ranges of motion within a given exercise, right? Um, so, you know, perfect example here, think about like a push-up, right? If I'm doing a push-up and push-ups are getting easy, you know, I can crank out, you know, sets of 25, 30, no problem. Now, in a push-up, obviously, your hands are on the ground, you lower yourself, your, ch your chest touches the ground, you push yourself back up. But now, if I put my hands on, on, on some, some parallettes, or you know, even if you don't have parallettes and you use dumbbells or something essentially to elevate your hands anywhere from three to five inches off the ground, now, as I go down, I'm adding three to five inches of range of motion to the exercise, right? So now if you look at from the grand scheme of things, like <clears throat> in a set of 10 push-ups, if I'm lowering myself down to the to the ground, my chest touches the ground and then pushing back up, you know, say that that's a total range of motion of, you know, 15 inches, whatever. But now I add, you know, 15 inches over 10 reps, that's 150 inches of range, 150 inches uh, of, of ground covered, I guess you could say, right? Or, or, or range that that muscle is subjected to. But now I add five more inches to that range. Now I'm going from 15 inches per rep to 20 inches per rep that my that those muscles have to travel through. It's getting a deeper stretch on it now in that end range of motion. Now over 10 reps, we've gone from 150 total inches covered to two, 200, right? And now... Not only that, that's also going to add a little bit of time onto that set, right? So now the, the time under tension is going to be a little bit longer. But those muscles are also now having to work in a deeper range of motion that it wasn't subject to beforehand. Um, it's going to build more strength and resiliency. It's going to build you know, your body's ability to be stronger in end ranges, which will improve your mobility and things over time if it's done properly. Um, so range of motion, start thinking about that, man. Like perfect example too is like you see at, at gyms, right? And like lat pull down machines, you know, you have like a straight bar for a lat pull down and you pull it down to your chest, but then they also have the ones that are kind of cambered, right? And they're kind of uh, rounded at the ends. So now you're able to go deeper as you pull down because now that bar's not going to hit your chest as soon, right? So Look at little things like that and trying to increase ranges of motion on certain exercises. You know, that's why dumbbell bench press as opposed to barbell bench press can be beneficial because you can go deeper. You're not fixed by that bar and that bar doesn't stop you when it hits your chest. 
So range of motion, increasing the range of motion. That's a variable that we can change in order to um, progress our training. Um, next, total volume, right? So I think a lot of people get stuck in the rut of, <clears throat> you know, three sets of 10, you know, four sets of eight and, and things like that. And, and that's fine, right? That, that, that should be a majority of what you're doing, right? So it's easy to track. It's easy to execute on, you know, it's not cute and sexy and fancy. It doesn't get complicated, right? And, and that's fine. And I, myself, that's what makes up a majority of my training. But to spice things up, to progress stuff, to, to switch it up from time to time, we can throw that shit out the window, right? And instead of saying, oh, you know what, uh, I'm up to 185 on my bench press or whatever, I'm doing three sets of 10, you know, instead of that, let's think 50 total reps uh, at 185 as fast as possible, you know, in, in as few sets as possible, right? So that's a way to, to switch it up, right? So now we're going from those just straight sets and reps schemes, that very structured scheme to now we're just kind of kind of taking the shackles off a little bit, right? 50 total reps, get it done however you need to get it done. It could be 17 on the first set, could be 12 on the second set, could be, you know, seven on the third set. And, you know, it's completely random, right? And you're, and you're, you know, have a certain designated amount of rest, but, you know, it's, it's trying to get it done, <clears throat> 50 total reps in as few sets as possible, right? And then the following week, you do it again, and now you're trying to beat that, right? You're trying to, you know, maybe if week one, it took you six sets to get it done. Now, week two, we're going to try to get it done in five sets, you know? That is a way, total volume lifted, like pick a number, pick a weight, pick a number, a, a, a amount of reps that need to get done, and get it done, right? You know, as few sets as possible, or... You could do in as short amount of time as possible. So say it took took me eight minutes and twelve seconds to get fifty total reps in week one. Now I need to get fifty total reps and get it done faster than eight minutes and twelve seconds. Right? So that is a great one. That is a great like plateau breaker right there. And it totally, you know, something your body's typically not used to. You know, you're gonna really fatigue those fibers. That's another one too that uh, is really good for for more muscle building, but don't you know? Don't dismiss it for for increasing strength too. Um, <clears throat> but that's a great one. Um, the next variable we're going to cover is exercise order. So <clears throat> this is one that not a lot of people really think about um, because typically. When you look at the structure of a workout, you warm up and then you go into, you know, whatever the most important lift is that day, right? So if you're trying to get stronger or whatnot, you know, usually you reserve your big compound lift for that first one, right? Because it's the most taxing. It's the biggest one. It, it requires the most energy resources. So you want to hit it when you're fresh. You can go, you know, as heavy as you can. And that's true, right? That's great. That's, you know, that's not invalid, you know, that and that's how you know it should be but if you're not an athlete if you're not competing um it's not to say you can't do it that way you can but maybe not forever right so it's not a bad idea to start to switch it up man and then maybe you're almost kind of doing your workout in reverse order 
So typically you do that big compound lift first and you do, you know, one or two kind of supplemental accessory exercises to that big lift. Uh, and then you finish off with your accessory stuff like single joint, you know, exercises, you know, so for example, just keeping with the example that we've been using as far as bench press goes, right? You'd hit your warm up, then you go into your bench press, get your heavy stuff in, then your accessory exercises, you might do like dips and maybe some upper back. And then you move into your, your, well, those are your supplemental exercises. And then you move into your accessory, accessory exercises, maybe, you know, some tricep push downs and, you know, whatever that might be, you know, your some more single joint stuff. <clears throat> but now if we do that in reverse order, right, we warm up, you still warm up first, but then we go into our single joint stuff, right? So now we're doing our triceps and arm work, right? Maybe some delts, um, and now like those, those triceps are fatigued, you know, they, they've been worked, they've been isolated. They've kind of been, uh, you know, like I said, pre fatigued almost. Right. And then you go into those supplemental exercise. Now we're hitting some dumbbell bench press. We're hitting some upper back, you know, so now that stuff's kind of been hit and tired. And now at the end, we're going into our big lift, our heaviest lift. Well, if, you know, week one, Say you did your bench press, say you did five sets of three at 225, but you did that fresh right out, right out of the gate, you know, right after the warm up. But now week two, you're doing it at the end of the workout. You're still doing five sets of three at 225, but now our triceps have been kind of cooked. Our, our pecs have already kind of been fatigued from, from some dumbbell benching or whatnot. And now you have to do the same amount of weight for the same amount of reps in the same amount of time but in a more fatigued state, that's another, that's progression, man. That is, that is getting better, um, without necessarily having to tack on more weight to the bar or adding more volume to your training. Um, and, and these are the things you got to think about, right? Because you just can't keep going heavier forever. The body will break down, right? And I say this all the time. It's all about longevity, man. It's all about being able to do this for the long haul. And you just can't always keep adding weight to the bar. You have to start to think of different ways to progress your training to get better without, you know, beating the body up. You know, there's there's good stress, right? The, the daily doses of stress that causes the body to adapt. But we need to... <clears throat> Get as much of that as possible without adding, you know, mileage to, to the, to the vehicle essentially. Right. You know, like a car, like, yeah, it, you know, we, we tune it up, you know, we got to put gas in the tank, things like that. But, you know, the overarching picture, you know, car can only go for so many miles. Right. So we got to think of how we can, we can train, economically get the most bang for our buck without adding those miles you know to 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 the to the vehicle right and these are ways to do that these are ways it's increasing that weight you know that 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 total you know wear and tear you know just the more weight the more stress you start to put under it the heavy barbells on the back and and all these things that's what puts mileage on the vehicle right so these are ways, man. These are ways to do that. Uh, the last one I have on here, you know, it's just this quick list I made, is body weight. You know, believe it or not, manipulating your body weight is a way to progress. Um, you know, I 
have very you know cyclical seasons to my training. Um, I'm usually anywhere from 10 to 15, possibly even 20 pounds lighter in the summertime than I am kind of in like the fall and winter. Um, and if I can still deadlift, you know, if I'm, if, if in the fall and winter I'm, I'm sitting at 200 pounds body weight and I'm deadlifting, you know, 425, but then come summertime, I drop 15, 20 pounds, you know, now I'm sitting 185, but I can still deadlift 425. That is progression, man. I mean, it's, it's no secret that, you know, that that's why powerlifting and weightlifting, they're, they're weight class sports, you know, the bigger the person, the more mass that they have, you know, potentially they can move, right? You know, a a guy that's 350 pounds has a much higher chance of benching more than a dude who's 200 pounds, right? Mass moves mass. So if I'm able to drop 15 pounds in body weight at a lower body fat percentage and still lift the same amount of weight, that is progression. Like that is um, way a way to to increase the difficulty without adding weight to the bar, like the typical you know way of thinking goes. So that's it, guys. Um, those are. You know, that's the kind of short list I made and the ones that I will most commonly kind of use. Um, you know, you have the super common ones and then the, le- the, the lesser common ones. But all of them are ways to, you know, increase the difficulty of your training, to progress your training, to, you know, keep getting better without putting, you know, that mileage uh, on the body that, that you know, we it's going to happen regardless, right? But we, we can try to be as conscious of it as possible when it comes to our training, right? So, so many more ways to progress your training than just, you know, sets, reps, and weight. So, I hope that helps, guys. Um, I hope you found value in that. Give that stuff a shot. If you need any help with that, right, if you need help programming these types of things or have any questions, always feel free to reach out. I'm always a a resource for those things. Um, But uh, like the show, share it. Share it with somebody, share it on social media, uh, leave a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, thanks for listening.